Welcome to church, just while I get sorted here. I have been pondering for a little while. Carl, could I just ask you to put that last verse up again that we just sung, the um, I believe in God the Father, because there's a part in there, I believe in the resurrection. We'll get it in a sec. Yep, okay. Here we go. Looking at that, I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. I'm not going to read the last line because there are a lot of people who actually believe in God. Satan believes in God. He knows him. have never ever prioritised their life in getting to know the Father personally. So we're not meant to be religious. We are not meant in any way whatsoever just to come to church. Coming to church, yeah, it's not the building. We are the church. You are the church. Everybody who has said yes to Jesus Christ, everyone who lives for Jesus Christ, this is so important. There's a world out there today that is coming against the church, wanting to shut our mouth, wanting to sue pastors for saying certain things. Gee whiz, uh, if it had been as hot a few years ago when we had that yes-no vote, I was pretty aware that, you know, I probably could have been carted off to jail. And I would have thought, good, I've got a captive audience in here, I'm going to preach away. But there are a lot of people who believe in the thought of God, but they don't know him. And even back in the book of Daniel, it says, just a, it's not a throwaway verse by any means, it's a very important verse. Those that know their God shall do great and mighty exploits. So in us being Christian, we will do great and mighty exploits. In fact, Jesus said, you'll do greater things than I because I've gone to the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it. I've had a crack at most things. Uh, even trying to raise a little baby who'd passed away. That didn't happen. She was severely um, intellectually disabled as a little one. She was 18 months old. You would have thought she was no more than six months old. But I had a good go at it, uh, rebuking death and calling the spirit and the life of God back. And, you know, in the end, we trust God. But I even tried once walking on water. I sunk to the bottom, but I'll give anything a go. I believe. I believe. And really, what's the purpose in me walking on water? Zilch. Why would that be supernaturally um, effective for anybody? Jesus did it. He had a purpose in that. He was going to get to the other side and he wanted to teach his disciples something. But this morning, I believe, is the topic And I think it's a very good one that each and every one of us truly looks at our life. At any moment, at any moment, Jesus could come and rapture his beloved people, those who know him. I've heard many scholars say there is nothing at all that needs to be done before the rapture. Now, the rapture isn't actually... um, mentioned as a word with a rapture in the Bible, but it talks about there would be two in a bed, one will be gone, there will be two grinding at a mill, one will be left, the other gone, there would be many. Uh, Jesus himself in Matthew, I think it's 28, he talks about the signs of the end of the days. I don't think anyone would deny we truly are in the last days, but no one knows the day. And 
The disciples asked Jesus the same question about the day and the hour. And Jesus said, only the Father knows. And I think, well, hopefully my son's going to get an opportunity for his name to be put into the Lamb's Book of Life. But I'm sure there's somebody's name that would be ticked off for that very last moment who needed to be saved. I'm going to read uh, scripture number one, please, Carl, up there for the folks. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. So this is just before, uh, uh, sorry, just before this verse. There was a dad who had brought his son to Jesus. He was desperate to see his son healed. Uh, He had a demon and he'd been thrown into fire and water many times. The demon truly wanted to destroy him. We live in a spirit realm, okay? Just let me say before I read the scripture. You're looking at it, I know. But... We live in a spiritual realm. The kingdom of God is here. He's here. Anyone who invites him, the kingdom of God resides in us. There's also a kingdom of darkness. Sid and I have been involved in a little bit of deliverance. We went to somebody's home one night over in Palmerston. street was called Arid, Arid Place. Quite interesting because demons hate water. Arid means dry. But this couple... He'd just got out of jail and he had a girlfriend and they'd been living together for a few years. He'd been in and out of jail. But they were scared stiff because all of a sudden their ashtrays would fall off the table, literally move and fall off the table. Things would actually crash in the house. It shouldn't have moved. There was no earthquake. There was no reason for it. It was demon-filled. And they were. he was. She was a lovely thing, but... Anyway, do two walk together unless they agree? That's a scripture we need to take into consideration. You might be hanging around some folk that aren't all that good, but do two walk together unless they agree? So we do live in a spiritual realm. And we need to make this decision because, as I said, Jesus could come back even as I speak. If it's six months away, if it's six years away, if it's 60 years away or 600 years away, I don't think it's going to be that long. I think man's on a... Uh, course to destroy ourself. It's the world's not looking too pretty. But there's good news for us who have said yes to Jesus because we have peace. We might see signs, but we're not to be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Let's just continue to enter the courts of God with thanksgiving. Let's be thankful for everything that we have. Let's enter his courts with praise, that I'm going to praise him continually. I tell you what, I love what Dave, when he opened up this morning, we can bring the things of the world in. It can overwhelm us, but after a couple of songs, oh, gee, I felt strong. Uh, So much strength coming into my spirit in worshipping God. And I pray that that would be the same for you as well. All right, Mark chapter 9. So this father has brought his son to Jesus to be healed. And... Jesus said, if you can, with a question mark, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. All right. I'm asking you the question today. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That needs to be really accentuated. Help me, Lord God, with my unbelief. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I think there will always be 
a time or a recurring time, maybe years apart, but you might think, ah, really, what's the point in all this? I don't seem to be moving ahead. Gee, I've got everything coming against me. I've never, ever decided to quit on God, but I'll tell you, I've had some tough times, some really, really hard times. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When it comes to healing, I have such a desire to see people healed and made whole. And I remember when Bryony was only four or five and I just got saved in my early 30s. Boy, I was full on because I had a radical conversion. Uh, Jesus burst in upon my life and I was never, ever the same again. And I can never, ever go back to where I was. In fact, I'm so glad that old Sue Miller died. She died and a new one. I love the scripture, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because there's a new Sue Miller that lives today who loves God with all of her heart. And I pray that if you have not had that revelation or an encounter with God, you need to. Because there's going to be a resurrection when you finally died and put into the ground or if you've been cremated, you're going to come back and you will see the face of God. And I truly believe with tears in God's eyes, truly, with tears in his eyes, he's going to have to say, you have no entry to heaven. And he has done everything that he can to make it possible for you to enter into paradise with him, into his kingdom of wonderful glory. Our bodies will be made new. It says that in heaven there'll be no sickness, no sadness, no ageing. We'll just always be there living in light. Now, I know we darken the room. I really hate worship in darkness. I know it's beneficial for the lights. But we're going to worship God in light, in wonderful light, no darkness at all. Because some terrible things can happen in darkness. There could be some kids up the back canoodling in um, the pews in darkness and their parents don't see. Look out if the youth all want to sit up the back together. You don't know what's going on up there in darkness. I'd say keep the lights up bright. I want to see everything that's happening <laughs> to make sure it's all good and righteous in the house. Right, when Jesus saw. So Jesus has had this encounter with the man. The man wants Jesus to heal his son. The father says, if you can, can you heal him? And Jesus says, if you can, question mark. Where's the question? I can. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. I'm sorry, you've got to get this into your head and your heart today. It's got to move from the eye gate to the mind to the heart that everything is possible, nothing is impossible. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. Okay, not every sickness is a demon. Coughs and colds, I don't think so. We're just, our bodies just aren't as healthy and well as they were 6,000, a little bit more than 6,000 years ago when God created the earth. It's a young earth, folks. We've got a timeline that tells us when God created and people who testify. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit, that dirty, filthy, unclean thing that had taken control of a boy. And Jesus said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. Okay, the spirit realm, lots and lots of proofs. 
I've physically had uh, demons um, try to be active in my life. I remember I was at a Christian conference so 35 years ago in Mittagong. I was being billeted in a house with a few other women from my church from the coast and I heard footsteps on a wooden floor because the home was beautiful old heritage house, wooden floors, beautifully polished, and the footsteps stopped right at my door. And I thought, oh, there's a bathroom right next door. They're probably wondering which is the right door into the bathroom if they're one of my ladies. Anyway, without any door opening, something came and laid itself on top of me. Now, scared stiff, the first thing I did was talk to God and a scripture came out of my mouth, begone in Jesus' name, I rebuked that thing and it lifted and immediately it lifted and was gone. Scripture, another one, popped into my head, don't rejoice that the demons obey you but that your name is written in heaven. Lots of encounters, I've been in my bed, I've woken up for some reason and some filthy, unclean thing, decided to sit on the side of my bed. The bed went down on the edge. They're very real. They don't manifest to everybody, but its purpose was to bring fear into my life. And then I've had them grab my knee in bed, grab my toe in bed. Again, I I never opened my eyes. I didn't want to look at that filth, but I knew it wasn't human. You just know these things. And I was awake. I was awake before these things happen. It's like there's a stirring or a, um, you just know there's something. Yeah, anyway, but not everybody experiences that stuff, but let me tell you, it's real. And you're not to be afraid because you've got the trump card, Jesus Christ and the power of his name. In his name, it's so important. So the demon was um, cast out of that boy, the deaf and the mute spirit. Cast out. Scripture number two, please, Carl. Acts chapter 16. Okay, a little bit of a precursor to this that I'm going to start reading. Paul and Silas had been arrested for preaching about Jesus. They were thrown into prison, into the very centre of the prison. They were put in stocks, locked up. Uh, They would be dealt with the next day by the magistrates. So we start at verse 25. At about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Supernatural. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. He had obviously thought, I better do myself in because I'm going to be beaten, whipped. Who knows what they're going to do to me because I failed my job. They've escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. So the jailers um, realised, you know, God's in this, this supernatural earthquake. Their chains came loose, but they didn't escape. They just waited. Uh, Paul and Silas had been knocked around a little bit. The jailer took them home. Well, actually, let me continue. Verse 31, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. So the jailer wasn't on his own. He had his family there. And they all heard the word of the Lord as Paul and Silas delivered it. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his household were baptised. Now, this happened pretty quickly, didn't it? They didn't have weeks to ponder, "Mm, should I be baptised or shouldn't I? Is it right? Is it wrong? Hmm, I wonder. I was sprinkled as a child in uh, a Church of England church now called Anglican. Lots of sprinkling goes on for little children. Lots of parents want to take their children to whatever denomination and have their children blessed. We call that dedication. We dedicate little children to the Lord. Who wouldn't want their little child blessed by God? That's why we bring them to the church at whatever age until, of course, they're old enough to be baptised because baptism is believer's baptism that you know the difference between sin, what's good, what's right, what's wrong, because we make that choice. It's for the remission of sins. And I don't think little children fully understand what the remission of sin is. John the Baptist came preaching, repent and be baptised. Little children don't really know about repentance and being having a need to be baptised. But these people were baptised, obviously, same night because Paul and Silas had to face the magistrates the next day and they were set free. But still, the whole household had heard the word of the Lord. Everyone who was present had heard the word of the Lord and they all wanted to be baptised. Paul and Silas must have talked non-stop right through the night to have presented the good news, the gospel. The gospel means the good news and they wanted in. I pray that everyone in this room has got to that place of loving God with all of your heart that you want in, that you, if you haven't been baptised, will be baptised. I know people who have wanted to be baptised a second time because they weren't really all that savvy of the word of God at the time. And I think, well, okay, why not? Gee, there are many people who put their hand up time and time again when there's an altar call. And you look and you think, I saw you put your hand up six months ago. What's going on with you? You know, but there can be a conviction And then there can be a waning or a falling away or maybe a little bit of unbelief. But anyway, verse 34, it says, The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Everyone that was present, they all came to believe. They'd all got baptised and then joy filled them. Now, we can have some crabby days. I was a bit crabby this morning, actually. Your kids got to witness Pastor Sue being a bit crabby this morning. Poor Sid puts up with crabby Sue when she's stressed and pressed, pressured, feeling the weight. Again, the worship. Oh, how lovely. Um, 
Sid will test, attest to this that um, mostly I'll have YouTube on through the day and worship just playing over and over and over and over and over. I need it. I really do need it to calm my soul when I'm really pressed. We're heading off on Tuesday morning, off on a cruise, not back until the 21st in out of Melbourne, back into Melbourne. So we're gone for a while. I'll miss you hugely. Love you. But there's coming a day. I need this holiday, not just for my sake, but for your sake. You don't want to be around Krabby Sue. All right. Okay, so this is really, really important uh, to know that. What must I do to be saved? Well, believe on, in, about Jesus Christ. He's a very, very good God. He sits beside his Father in heaven today. And Jesus didn't leave us alone. He sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our counsellor, our helper. And we need to invite him in. And if you have never experienced a baptism of the Holy Spirit, then this is why we have pastors in the church and other leaders to pray for you, to help you through that. There's a very special language. The prayer of the Spirit, it's so powerful in our life. When we don't know how to pray, I just burst into tongues. When I'm so overwhelmed, I haven't got a clue. And when I'm sitting in the car and I'm a three-hour journey to Sydney all by myself, oh, gee, I love those times. Just the Lord and I, and I'm praying and I'm rebuking and I'm blessing God and I'm worshipping. And often I get to the other end and I'm hoarse. I can't talk. Uh, I think I met Sid once in Sydney and he knew what I'd been up to because my voice was all croaky. I talked too much, sung too loud, rebuked this and rebuked that, cried my eyes out on the journey as I'm repenting of things, praying for people. This is what relationship with God is about. If you don't do that, you are missing out and perhaps you need to really consider your choices every day. This is early in the year, the second Sunday in 2023. None of us knows what 2023 holds. If it's anything like 2022, 2021, there could be another pandemic, a different one to what we've got now. There could be uprisings and wars happening. But, you know, Jesus said to us, it will be his coming again will be just like it was in the days of Noah. People were marrying, they were building houses, they were storing up for themselves. Nothing wrong with all of that as long as not lead and it's not greed and it's not lust. There's nothing wrong with getting married and having children. Don't be afraid. Jesus is going to come at a time when life's going to be normal. It was normal when the flood came, when the rains came. Noah had been busy for over 100 years building that ark that God told him to because he didn't have power tools. I bet he would have loved today. Sid's got power tools everywhere. He can do anything in a flash. But Noah, he had to do the hard yards 100 years. Well, they lived till very old days in those days. And Dave's 39. Coming up to 40. Oh, Dave, it goes faster from then on. I've got to say, it, it just slides away. I'm 70 this year. I can't believe it. Where did those years go? I just can't believe I'm that old. I don't feel it. Thank you, Lord. But anyway, yeah, we all get a turn every day. We're a day older. I would pray we'd be a day wiser and a day more in love with God. 
That's what I want for each and every one of you. Scripture number three, John chapter 14. Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Oh, to live like that. Wouldn't that be awesome? But I tell you what, to live like that isn't all about power or being praised or lots of things. It's got to be of the purest heart, the purest of purest heart. But I'm longing for those days that I may ask anything in the name of Jesus Christ, and Jesus will do it. And again, my God doesn't disappoint me. When he shuts a door or when there isn't an answer straight away, I have to keep trusting, and he knows what's best for me. Yeah, the jailer having again asked, what must I do to be saved? Well, Paul and Silas spoke the word of the Lord to him and his household. What must I do to be saved? Well, you have to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, the disciples shared the good news of the gospel to them. The jailer washed their wounds and then he and all his household were baptised. The jailer was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household who were there and present and had been baptised. Then, of course, Psalm 100 verse 4. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Romans 8 29 to 30. This is, I didn't give these scriptures to um, Carl, these last three. They're the passage translation, these last two actually. Romans 8, 29 to 30. So listen carefully. For he knew all about us. This is our God. Romans 8, 29 to 30. For he knew all about us before we were born. Are you aware of that? Before the creation of the world, our God knew us. We were present with him. He knew us. He knew the day we would be born. He knew the circumstances into which we would be born. He knew what we would do with our life. He knew the mistakes that we would make. He knew the day that we would say yes to him and our life would be forever changed. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself. I'm getting close to finishing. Very good. You're on track, Sue. A five-minute warning. Okay, this means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred, listen carefully, he transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. It's a beautiful translation, the passage translation. Lynn Ho asked, uh, we did Psalm 119 for the Ladies Tuesday morning group. Lynn said, can we do it in the passage translation? I fell in love with it straight away. 
It is so, such a beautiful, beautiful fullness of the word. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 43 to 49. The body is sown in decay, but will be raised in immortality. So in the um, song we were singing, I believe, there's going to be a resurrection. And are you going to hell or are you going to go to heaven? Because they're very real places. Jesus spoke more about hell than anybody else in the Bible. The body is sown in decay, but it will be raised in immortality. It is sown in humiliation, but will be raised in glorification. It is sown in weakness, but will be raised in power. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. For it is written... Oh, I love Jesus himself said to the devil, it is written. You want to get back to the devil? It is written. <laughs> You're loved by God. Right. Okay. It is written. The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became the life-giving spirit. Adam had nothing to offer us when he failed in the garden. When he believed the serpent. But we have Jesus Christ who is called the last Adam, the life-giving spirit. You say yes to Jesus, this is what you inherit. Ah, However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is Yahweh, God from the realm of heaven. Ah, This is really good, isn't it? The first one, made from the dust, has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. Isn't that just beautiful? Absolutely. Absolutely.